Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today in history, in 1804, outraged over disparaging remarks that Alexandra Hamilton had allegedly made at a dinner party, Aaron Burr challenged his longtime rival to a duel, and he fatally shot Hamilton in, I'm gonna fuck this up, Weehawken, New Jersey? Really, New Jersey? What is that? What is that town? Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. Hello, I'm Zachary, and I'm back on my bullshit. Fuck you, France, and the piss croissant you wrote in on. My name's Megan, and I wish I came from Weehawken, New Jersey, I bet it smells less like piss than Paris, though. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that there is a song called As Slow As Possible, uh, which has been being played on an organ in Halberstadt, Germany. It takes a year for each new note to be played, with the next note set to be played on February 5th in 2024. They started playing the song in 2001, and it is set to finish in the year of our Lord, 2640. Why? I don't know. Yeah, like, why? Like, uh, it's like not, it's not even a cool bit. I don't know. And I don't know, like, I don't know what the line of succession is either for, like, yeah, because it's 640 who's gonna years on, of notes. Who's going to carry on the song? Like,. Uh, well, it's not like it takes any skill. It could be any, like, yeah, random like, guy on the side yeah, of the road. But do you leave notes? Like, do you, like, <laughs> how does it work? Like, what notes, my brother? Like, what notes? Like, here you go. Like, fucking play this uh, also, one. Also, like, I want to know. <laughs> you got, there's one. I want to know what the sheet music for this song looks like. My gift is my song. I mean, is it song. finished? Is the song done? I yeah, it was made in 1985, I think. Only like someone just started playing it in 2001. I don't know, like things like this. Like, I think it would be far more interesting if they had been playing this song since a, like 10 1066, like the the Normandy invasion, yeah. right? They're just like okay. Fucking William the Conqueror's organ has been playing this one song since then. That would be fine. But, I, like, the gimmick of we only play one note a year and that's why it's so long. It's like, bruh, this is this is Naruto filler content. I I think here's my here's my two cents on this. I am here for the jokes. Yeah. I am here for the japes. I am here for the shenanigans and tomfoolery. This is a great bit, but it will not start to be a great bit until about 150 years from now. 
That's what I'm saying. We it's are like, at the, I don't have time for that. We are at the that. birth of the bit, and this is quite literally the most extended bit I've ever heard of. We're not there yet, nor will we live to see the beauty of this bit. But you know what? I think it makes my heart pretty warm. And I hope it's not just, you know, like a heart attack or a stroke. I'm like a... To know that someone in the future <laughs> will enjoy this. I'm like a fan of this, being... I, I like it. being there for the birth of a bit, though. Yeah, I, I too enjoy I mean, being I there guess, for the birth of yeah. a bit. I just, All I can say is that the people who are, like, continuing this better not have a higher salary than I do. It's like, <laughs> brother, brother plays one note a year, gets paid $155,000 a year I don't in think, German francs. I really don't think that that's the case. Also, I'm pretty sure Germany's on the euro now, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they, they get, definitely they get are. They are on the euro. They get paid in marks. <laughs> it's like, oh yes, fitting for the for the purveyor of the longest song. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't right. do a you ton of research into it? into it just because I didn't want to like talk about it forever. If you guys want to look it up, the name of the song is "As Slow as Possible." Um. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to look that up. You should. But before uh, Megan goes down that rabbit hole. Uh, we've set our strikes to zero if we even give out strikes anymore. Um, we do. And we, we do. play a game of rock, paper, scissors that also doesn't really exist. Uh, and the order for tonight is Zach, followed by me, followed by Megan. So, Zach, I'm the whenever caboose. you'd like to get this steam train a-rolling. Yes, let's steam on ahead uh speaking of piss croissants nailed that callback y'all ever heard of one <laughs> nailed it callback nailed for something it. five five minutes ago uh yeah um have either of y'all ever heard of one monsieur remontel and how he uh bitched so much that it started a war for a second i thought he was gonna ask sorry, if can you... we had ever heard of piss croissants <laughs> and I was gonna be like, no, and I was gonna be like, no. can, do I look French to you? No. Can you say his name one more time? Monsieur Ramontel. 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 Yes, okay. Uh yeah. So let me transport you back. Let's get in the Ford Tacoma. Buckle up and go back to here. 1832. When France and Mexico have a tenuous trade agreement right after Mexico claims independence from Spain in 1830, our star of tonight's shit show, Monsieur Remontel, is working in his pastry shop just outside of Mexico City limits when several Mexican officers come into the store. Now, Hang according on. to... Yes? I have a demand to make. Yes. Of the Not French? of the French, but of Zachary, who started this podcast by saying he was back on his bullshit. And so, yes. I refuse to allow you to go the remainder of this podcast actually pronouncing French names with the French pronunciation. I demand that they be okay. done in the most Southern American accent. You know what? Amen, brother. There we go. <laughs> uh, let me rephrase. 
our star of tonight's shit show, Monsieur Ramontel. Yes, that is, is everything Monsieur I want is working in his pastry shop just outside Mexico City limits when several Mexican officers come into the store. Now, according to Remontel, said officers come in and <laughs> run up a huge tab, trash the place, refuse to pay, and steal a bunch of shit on the way out. Now, this incident yep. was almost 200 fucking years ago. And it's one Frenchman's word against the word of some Mexican officers, so who's to fucking say? However, it should be noted that Raymond Tail. It's getting worse every time, it and is, I love it. And it's Sorry, it, it I is. Yeah, needed it to be. Uh, By the it end, should be noted I'm that expecting it to be nothing but gibberish. It's just gonna sound like some old like a, like a Louisiana Bayou. See, no, Louisiana Bayou's got a little bit of... You're right. Because it's Creole. I'm incorrect. It does have a little bit of French. That's, I need it to be like... It needs to be something, but it needs to be incomprehensible. That's all I'm you saying. You need Kentucky Appalachian miner you who's are, been in yep. there too long. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> all right. One who's forgotten how to speak. But either way, yes. It should be noted that um, Remontel... Um, demands 60,000 pesos from Santa Ana and the Mexican government. Well, his shop at the time of said sacking was valued at, at best, at best, maybe a thousand pesos. A thousand whole pesos. (laughs) A thousand whole pesos. So, Raymond Tell complains to King Philippe I. And y'all thought I was going to say Louis, didn't you? Because fuck, those French love their Louis. Anyway. Word. Listen, I watched Beauty and the, the Disney version of Beauty and the Beast. The horse name was Philippe. Philippe. Yeah, probably named after King Philippe I. Philippe. Um, Philippe. So anyway, word finally makes it to mainland France. And in 1838, Louis... Or wait, Louis, there it is anyway. Louis Matthew Mole, who was King Philippe's right-hand advisor, demands not a thousand pesos, not 60,000 pesos, but 600,000 pesos from the Mexican government in reparations for damages to French citizens living in Mexico. Bruh. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had 600,000 pesos. Uh, so imagine being able to throw around 600,000 pesos. Yeah. Yeah, whatever right? that means. So I- I'm going to give you a bit of context for how ridiculous this number is. Yeah. Because it's batshit crazy. Well, 600,000 is... is a big number anyways. Yes, it is. I mean, right now, to pesos to dollars... Let me do that little calculation. This is Zach, the human calculator. It's $35,000, roughly. 600,000 pesos. Now, that is in today's money, because in 1838, one peso a day was the average Mexican working class's salary. Oh, so I just have to work 600,000 days... Yeah, that's like... Yep. 
Let, let's do the math on that. How many years is 600,000 days? Too many. You'd be able to Too listen to the end of as slow as possible. <laughs> 300, so, oh, that's that's merely 1,600 oh, years. Oh, so you would yeah. have been able to listen to it multiple times over. Yeah, absolutely. At least twice. I, I swear to God, though, that's like exactly the ty- the time frame that billionaires are like, anyone can become a billionaire. It's like, brother, <laughs> brother. if I had 1,600 years, maybe. If I made $1,000 a day, I would still not be a billionaire in a 10,000 years. I think it's something crazy or astronomical yeah, like that. Um, don't tell them that. It'll, it'll break their little hearts. Break, break their, their poor little, little hearts. billionaire hearts. Oh. We got to keep going. I know we do, but it's fun. It um, is fun. So France is absolutely on some fucking bullshit here. And the Mexican government, of course, is like, no, we're not going to pay that. And why should we? Because first off, why should they? And second, they ain't got that kind of fucking money lying around. They just declared independence. They're brand new. Leave them alone. They're brand, they haven't even built up their credit. They're just born. <laughs> They're just born. So they haven't had a chance to take out an incredible amount of student loans. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, what do you think France's response to their six hundred thousand peso demand not being met is? Start a war. Uh, piss on some croissants. Yeah, well, I mean, if you said make a blockade of all the Mexican ports from the Yucatan to the Rio Grande, bombard the fortresses of San Juan, and seize the city of Veracruz all in one day, you'd be right. If you had guessed all of those things, you would be correct. You would be incredibly lucky. (laughs) But you'd be correct. If you also just guessed the most, the largest overreaction over a few fucking baguettes... I would have taken it because I don't know if you guys are familiar with the geography of Mexico, but the Yucatan Peninsula is right down at the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico. And the Rio Grande is all the way up at the Texas border. Yes. So they just literally were like, what if we occupy the entire Gulf of Mexico so you can't get in any shipments anywhere? Yo, what if we just did this? Don't and then fuck again, with my as baguettes. I said, don't fuck with my baguettes, because I'm also going to bombard an entire, like, one of your largest military forts and seize Veracruz, which Veracruz is one of the most important dock cities in Mexico. It's where all trade runs through. Oh. So, in December of 1838, France takes the city of Veracruz, um, and... Basically, it's stupid, more stupid than they've already been, because they're demanding 600,000 pesos and then taking the port city that does all the trade for Mexico and therefore taking away their ability to make any money. Great fucking move, France, I guess. I don't know. You're never seeing your money now. Uh, So naturally, Mexico finally decides to declare war on France after that bullshit. Which is a bit too late if you ask me. Like, if someone had demanded $600,000 from me out of nowhere, I, they'd be on my shit list just to start with that. You would have started a war for that. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Look, 
Imagine if someone comes into your place of employment, though, and it's just like, I want $600,000, and you're like, yeah, me too, bud. Me too, bud. <laughs> so, with port trade cut off, Mexico starts smuggling goods through Corpus Christi, which at this time is part of the Independent Republic of Texas, which Texas gets all huffy about, because when is Texas not huffy about anything Mexico does? And so they That's send true. A- <laughs> They send a battalion to start patrolling Corpus Christi, which cuts off that supply line for Mexico. Meanwhile, the United States, because of course the United States has to get involved, sends the schooner Woodbury. Every time they're involved. Every fucking time. So the U.S. sends the schooner Woodbury to help with the French blockade. First off, what the fuck is one schooner going to do? It's a goddamn tiny boat in a blockade. All so right, many fine. things. I don't know. It's also, gonna do a lot. I don't know. It's an American schooner. Hey. It's an American schooner. It's got the power of America in no, it. No, here's it's the gonna thing. Be able to it's an American anything. schooner. It has yeah. more weapons than any of the French ships. Damn, you're right. I got a rowboat with sixty-four cannons on it, boys. So. They, first off, yeah, what the fuck is one schooner going to do? But as you said, American schooner, it's got enough of an arsenal to, you know, level an entire country. Also, holy fuck, USA, good job joining the piss boy blockade. You absolutely picked the good guys in this fight. Meanwhile, meanwhile. Meanwhile, meanwhile. On the other side of the country, former President Santa Ana is like, oh shit, here we go again. And without any prompting from the Mexican government, just shows up to the main war room and is like, okay, let me unfuck this for you. And Mexico goes, please, Santa Ana, for the love of God, unfuck this for us. So Santa Ana leads the troops in an effort to retake Veracruz, where his leg gets absolutely torn to shreds by French grape shot, leading to his leg being amputated, and later, just the leg being buried with full military honors. <laughs> Amazing. Just the leg. Just, just the, the leg. Tip. Just the tip. Just and to see how it feels. He also just to see how it feels. Later on, after this conflict, Santa Ana exploits his war wound to be, come back into power and become president again. It's great. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, I like, how else is politics supposed to work? I, if you honestly, don't have war wounds. I This is a new little bit for me, but uh, Mexican politics in the 1800s is something I'm going to be into for a little bit. Because <laughs> it's wild. Like, it's apparently... There's apparently a lot going on simultaneously. Yeah. There are so many things happening at once. Anyway, uh, on February 9th, ni- 1893, only a year or so after the... Oh, I'm lying. It was December of 1838 and February of 1839. Like four months later... The French withdraw their forces after a peace treaty is signed, and this peace treaty is total bullshit for Mexico. The treaty calls for the payment of 600,000 pesos, as was originally demanded, and that trade agreements would be given to Mexico in lieu of war reparations. (laughs) So, 
the French are like, we're taking our 600,000 pesos and going home. And also, we're not going to give you anything for blowing up all of your cities, except for maybe we'll throw you a couple of trade deals later on down the line. And you get nothing. You get less than nothing. <laughs> Good day, sir. Good day, sir. However. God, what is that? What is that from? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah, yeah. God, I was like, I'm having like something well up inside. Speaking of, I, can't, uh, I don't know what it is. Speaking of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, did you guys see that new trailer with James's We're not gonna least, talk about it. least favorite actor? We're not going to talk about it. Okay, fair enough. Because uh, I think it's also Continue. bullshit. Um, <laughs> I have strong opinions and I would derail so hard from this. His opinions anyway. are strong. Yeah, yeah. I'm a strong boy with strong opinions. <laughs> so, Mexico never actually pays the 600 pesos, 600,000 pesos, yet again. Um, and this mm-hmm. eventually leads to the Second Franco-Mexican War, which actually Mexico wins. And it also ends with the collapse oh, of the Mexico. Second... Yeah, good for Mexico. Mexico wins the Second Franco-Mexican War, and the Second French Empire collapses because guillotines and revolution is just girly pop French things. Also, yes, because there is not enough alsos in this fucking story, it is important yeah. to note that this dumbass conflict over some fucking baked goods weakened the Mexican military and economy so much that it is considered a large contributing factor in the outcome of the right-on-the-horizon Mexican-American war. Dang. So, dang. How's that for bad timing? (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, it's... the more I read about Mexican politics and history, it's just like, damn, that's that's a lot of bad timing, my dudes. <laughs> that's a lot of bad. So many things are being explained by the <laughs> historical narrative. Yeah. Wow. It's like you were under imperial law for so long and then we tried to fuck you after anyway. <laughs> it's almost it's almost like when you look back at the history, the present makes sense. It's almost as if you look back on history, all you can think of is that clip from New Girl. A white man! No! (laughs) A white man! No! (laughs) But that's it. That's my story about how this one fucking dumbass baker, Monsignor Raymond Hale, decided to start a whole fucking war over some goddamn baguettes. His true name. His true name. His true name. Yeah, you say that, you say it three times in a row like that, and he comes back to life and he starts his bullshit up again. (laughs) (laughs) If you say his name three times, you can smell crusty French bread, and also you owe someone in the far distance. Only in like a Bayou accent. 600,000 pesos. (laughs) 600 he yeah you can hear it in the dark he's like 600,000 pesos <laughs> you just hear oh, it whispered it. I won't take up any yeah except it's whispered like it's whispered in a bayou accent yeah. though 
No, see, I, I imagine it... a stunning it, turn of events. I imagine it in the thickest, heaviest, most disgusting French accent. So it's like, you owe me money, you son of a bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> you owe me money, you son of a bitch. <sighs> and then he's just like, it is I, Monsieur Bramontail. Oh, man. Bramontail. Well, then. Uh, All right, that's it. I don't want to take any more time. I, yeah, I want to... I want to make fun of your story now. So <laughs> let's, let's do it. Okay, fair enough. Yes. Um, my story tonight is not that big, but it does involve a pretty big figure in American history. Uh, good old Benny Franks. Benny Franks. Or, or Benny Franks. Benjamin Franklin, if you're boring. Um, hey, Benny Franks. There are some of you in our audience who probably only know of Benjamin Franklin from a history textbook uh, where it's claimed that he invented electricity by flying a kite into a thunderstorm. And I'm here to tell you that the history books actually got this one right. Um, Electricity. (laughs) Oh, they did. Electricity did not exist before Benny Franks flew a kite into um, a thunderstorm. (laughs) And he literally brought it to mankind, much like Prometheus did with fire. So, like. That's crazy. Uh, well done, Benny Franks. <laughs> Thank you, Benny, Thanks, Franks, Benny Franks, a god amongst men. I'm so glad. A god, a whore amongst men. Uh, inventor of electricity. Um, so uh, obviously that's a lie. He didn't invent electricity. It's always existed. Uh, and it'll be here long after we die. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but his interest in electricity... Uh, was not a joke. Uh, he did have a super, super interest in electricity. Uh, and he actually ended up, uh, coming up with a lot of the terms that we, uh, still use today, like battery and conduit and positive and negative charge and discharge and like some other, some other stuff that we use. Uh, what? to this day. What a fucking nerd. Um, and that's my whole story. Uh, it's just that Benjamin Franklin <laughs> really loved electricity. <laughs> wow, that's so good. Anyway, my story. Uh, I'm just is... kidding. Uh, he did, so he did have a fascination with electricity, and, uh, what's, what's really interesting about this story is that it predates his experiment with the kite and the key. Um... And okay, huh? I'm a I'm a dumbass. Uh huh. Because again, I I I know Benjamin Franklin's horny side. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And we're talking about electricity, and uh-huh. again, remembering that Ben Franklin, inventor and creator, uh-huh, uh-huh. bringer to us mere mortals of electricity, bringer of electricity. Yep. I about was about to dumbly say before I remembered that. Hey, electrical sockets weren't a thing yet. I was gonna be like, Correct. did he stick his dick in an electrical socket? Yeah. And then I was like, that can't be possible. Never mind. I'm nope. an idiot. Well, I'm really happy that you brought that to our attention. Um, because he yeah. did, in fact. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I was uh, like, shit. what did um, he did he did he like electrocute his junk with stuff? No, I don't no, know, no, man. No, no, no. He wasn't the first one to bring a cow prod or a cattle prod into the bedroom. Um 
So he and he won't be the last. He, he will he, not be the last. He wasn't the first. Uh, and he, and he won't he be the certainly last. Certainly won't be the last. Um. So, anyways, uh, this predates his experiment with the kite and the key. For those of you that have forgotten your history, Benjamin Franklin flew a fucking kite into a thunderstorm but because he didn't want to get electrocuted he dangled a key off the thing and as it turns out didn't get electrocuted but did get a slight shock from the key when he took it off the thingy not a big deal uh but uh benny franks decided that the best way mind you this story takes place uh just before christmas and he decides that the best way of killing and cooking a turkey is with static electricity. Oh, okay. Uh, cooking his beloved. I don't, I don't think that's right. I just, I'm not, I'm not into telling people no immediately. I just don't, I just don't think that's I, right. I can't help but agree with you. So. Yeah. Is this like how many times do you slap a chicken until it's cooked? Yeah, or how hard would you have to slap a chicken? <laughs> yeah. Megan, have you you're laughing as if you've never heard this argument. No. No, I I do know this argument. I was just rethinking of like the video of someone doing the math. someone made being like, yeah, doing the math about it and then someone had made like an animated um, short of someone's yeah. rapid fire smacking a chicken. And yeah. to cook a chicken in one slap, you would have to slap it with a velocity of one six six five point six five meters per second, or three thousand seven hundred twenty five point nine five miles an hour. And only it's, Superman yeah, could well, do that. So you'd have to do it at like three point seven times the rotation of the Earth. <laughs> Yeah, I think we, we can could. do it. <laughs> okay. uh, so anyways, Benjamin Franklin theorized that by killing a turkey with electricity, it would make the meat uncommonly tender. Um, and okay. Uncommonly. He, he decided that he was going to show people a demonstration on how exactly uh, to kill a turkey with electricity and so on december 23rd in the year of our lord 1750 uh he had assembled an audience um and in front of that live studio audience he managed to electrocute himself um <laughs> yeah that makes and he sense. did so by grabbing on to an electrified wire whilst also being grounded and so the charge went straight through him. Okay. Uh, and luckily, because he had an audience, uh, we don't have to wonder what this experience was like for him because Benjamin wrote it in his own notebook. Uh, I love that for us. And so that he then he then also from from the horse's mouth or hands. Uh, he said, the company present say that the flash was very great and the crack as loud as a pistol. Yet my senses being instantly gone, I neither saw the one nor heard the other, nor did I feel the stroke on my hand. And so essentially, uh, 
the the people who <laughs> the people who were in the room with him uh, just watched as this man got super shocked. And he went on further uh, in his notes to describe, uh, and again, according to bystanders, because he wasn't conscious for this, perfect time to sharpen a pencil, uh, he describes that his body shook violently, uh, <laughs> his hand, which was holding the wire, um, turned pale uh, and white and remained that way for a solid, like, ten minutes. Um, cold to the touch, uh, as if it was, like, a dead hand, a dead limb. Um, he had soreness in his body, which lasted for a week, and he had numbness, which lasted for a day. (laughs) Um, but according to his notes, the entirety of his electrocution ordeal only lasted a minute. So. Okay. But that... I mean, it's not a super long story, but it is a story about how one of the founding fathers electrocuted himself <laughs> while trying yeah, to cook a chicken. Yeah, he definitely did that. And you would think that, like, trying to deep fry a chicken would be the worst thing that you could do. But not to Benny Franks. I mean, first off, I think it's hilarious that he did this to his favorite bird, the bird he wanted to be the national bird. The turkey. Um, yeah. The turkey. That's fair. And also, I like... Was the... Wait, I, I, I just need clarification. Was the chicken sure. alive when he electrocuted it? Yeah, uh, okay, so here's the thing. I'm yeah. not sure if the that's turkey a, got question. electrocuted. Like, so this... According to my research, he was trying to de- demonstrate a, a way for the killing and cooking... So, like, a humane way to kill a turkey and then cook it using the static electricity. I do not know whether they actually killed the turkey. I do not know whether they ate the turkey. I only know that he electrocuted himself. Okay. You're like, I cannot answer any of your other questions. I cannot confirm or deny. Cannot confirm, cannot deny, will not do it. Thank you for your patience. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Okay. You know what? That, yeah. I just was curious so, as to whether or not he was sticking two metal rods into a live turkey, hoping that it just got zapped. Just got zapped. No, according one to... One up the butt, one in the mouth. <laughs> according to my research, he used um, laden jars, which were, like, ways to store latent energy. Oh, so like glass batteries. Got based it. on based on my limited knowledge of electric stuff. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay. So. I, every day, mm -hmm. wish that being hit by lightning didn't hurt. Yeah. So I could have the lightning tattoo that you oh, get when yeah. your capillaries burn. Yeah. I wish every day. Um, because I want that so bad, but I want it in the authentic way. <laughs> the authentic way of getting shocked by a... Yeah, by, by lightning. lightning. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No, fair enough. Fair, fair enough. I, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. A thousand percent. And um, I just feel as though lightning shouldn't hurt that much because it's mean to me personally. Personally, it, it affects me. <laughs> it affects me and how I want to look. <laughs> yeah. So. Jeez. Do um, you think a lightning strike would affect like the stripes that you already have on your body? The stripes. You know that humans have stripes that are not visible to yeah. other humans, right? Like Excuse when cats me? look at us, they see stripes. Yes. What the? Oh fuck? my god! Yep. Hang on, audience. We're going down a rabbit hole. Strap in. Um. I have yes, stripes. How do I see them? Humans have stripes that cats can see. What? Sume. Uh, Get over here. <laughs> Hang on. Uh, it might not look at like... I can't It might not it. look like it, but you're going to have to trust us on this one. Human skin is covered in stripes called the lines of Blaschko or Blaschko lines. It's thought that they map the movements of cells when the body was developing in the womb. Oh my god. How do I see them? I think they're visible under UV light is what it said. Yikes. Yes. Amazon Prime Day! <laughs> UV light! Flashlight! Um, I can't believe this. I can't believe human stripes. So yeah, yep. today Megan learned about the Blashko lines and how humans have stripes. Yep. <clears throat> I can't but believe anyways, this. Anyways, that was the entirety of my story about good old Benny Franks and then a side story about how humans have zebra stripes. Um, I can't believe Megan, this. Megan, you are welcome to move forward with your story whenever story. you see fit. I don't even... Uh, no, I can't even tell my story after this. This is horrible. <laughs> this is horrible and amazing at the same time. <sighs> anyway. So, um... If you guys listen to the After Dark, you already know the title of my story. Thanks to Zach. This story is called An Embarrassment of Titles and An Embarrassment of Money. Um, I added the last part. Fair enough. So, my story does begin with the phrase, no one gives people cool, like, monikers anymore. That's true. I mean, like, I guess that's not true. Well, it's partly true, right? Like, because Trump 
called Ron DeSantis Meatball Ron. He also calls him Ron <laughs> DeSanctimonious. Time. Yeah, but Meatball Ron. Meatball Ron, Ron is a good moniker. Though. Like, the state of Florida hasn't been so blessed since Disney decided to make the whole peninsula, like, into rat world. Look, so I think that at the end of the day, the decline in good yeah. uh, monikers went the same way as everything else that I love in this world, and that's when the mob lost. <laughs> because the mob had good no, monikers. Yeah, that's true. Johnny Two Shoes. Yeah, the Johnny Jim, Jimmy Two Shoes. Jimmy Two Shoes. Yeah, Jimmy Two Shoes. Like, I don't know. There could have been a to- good mob Tony names. Toenails or whatever. Tony toenails. Uh, <laughs> Tony no. toenails over here. <laughs> oh. oh God. Yeah. So like, I just don't think like really great n- like nicknames, like titles, are given out anymore. Um, like, you know how kings and queens used to be called like mad or great or terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, like we don't have those anymore. But I want to talk about um, the the king of Bavaria. Called his name was Ludwig the Second, or he was called the Swan King. I love that Ooh. for him. Um, yeah, or the Fairy Tale King. This as is well. also a great I, name. I do want. Yeah, Fairy you to Tale know. Kings. That on the yeah. the Patreon intro video, I did not know whether it was Ludwig II or if it was Ludwig II. So I did say your story was Ludwig II, the electric boogaloo. Uh, and I apologize. <laughs> yeah, good. No, I think that's good because that's also probably one of his names. Um, it is now. If they had time. It is now. If they, Yeah, it is now. Long after he's dead. Uh, so our man Ludwig was born Ludwig Otto Friedrich Wil- Wilhelm, uh, which is four lat- first names uh, for those who are it's counting. It's too many is what she's trying to say. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of first names for one man. Uh, he was born in 1845 near what is today Munich. His parents wanted to name him Otto, but his grandfather, Ludwig I, insisted that he be named after him uh, since they had a common birthday. So I guess that makes sense, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't know. Imagine, like, imagine you're in the delivery room here. You've just, like, welcomed a son or, like, a daughter into the world and... Uh, you're you're like what should we what should we name them and you're just like oh well what about this and then grandpa like busts down the door it's just like he shall be named after me see <laughs> here's my thing i'm glad that um they that like my grandfather didn't get his way because if my grandfather got his way my name would have been alfred holbert johnson the third and no thank you Oh, thank God it isn't. Yeah, thank thank God he didn't get his way. Sorry, Gramps, but uh, no, no grandfather. Uh, so yeah, no grandfather. Yeah, so they 
they ended up naming him Ludwig, but obviously they threw in an Otto and then also a Friedrich and a Wilhelm just for extra measures. So this kid ended up just for kicks. So he just like ended up with more names than the average first grade classroom. So from a very early age, Ludwig was constantly reminded that he was royal. And this resulted in him being both severely coddled and severely controlled, which some scholars have pointed to when trying to rationalize his decisions as an adult. Okay. Um, he also, yeah, which it sounds really ominous and like it kind of is, but at the same time, like you'll see, um, <laughs> it'll make sense. <laughs> he also wasn't close to his parents, so his father's advisors suggested that the king take a daily walk with his son, and the king replied, What am I gonna say to him? He doesn't care what I have to say. Which I think is very funny. For <laughs> Like, it's so par for the course for a dad to say that. It's also that. par for the course for, like, any rich dad, I feel like, to say oh, that. Oh, a thousand yeah. percent. Oh, sir, you should... Wow, that was a voice crack if I ever heard one. But it's like, oh, sir, (laughs) you should take a walk with your son. And he's like, can't I just throw money at it? No, you can't. Listen, the the closest I wanted to be to my son when he was still in my ball sack, okay? (laughs) Like, isn't that enough? Like, leave me alone. Um, So, later in life... Ludwig also referred to his mother as his predecessor's consort. So he was just really close to his parents. Don't don't call your mom mom. Just I guess not. <laughs> bring weird bring a weird amount of attention to your family problems and your parents' sex lives. That's what that does. So it wasn't all bad though. Because I hear Bavaria is beautiful, and he did grow up in a fantasy-looking castle. He had royal friends that he would hang out with and do what people did in the 1800s, which was, like, ride horses and read poetry out loud. So, like, really cute royal things. I guess. Um, Yeah. Like, just just reading poetry, dude. Yeah. Awesome. I love that for him. Yeah, I mean, like, it's normal. So when he was 19, (laughs) Ludwig ascended to the throne after his dad died, which I assume he didn't cry about because he wasn't, they didn't ever talk. Yeah, because dad didn't know how. Yeah, well, they both didn't know how, really. I mean, it sounds like, it sounds like both of them were just like, I don't understand how to talk to people, (laughs) let alone my father, ew. Uh... So, obviously, at 19 years old, he wasn't horribly prepared to take on this responsibility, considering his dad got sick and died within three days. Oh, shit. Jeez, um, okay. Yeah, so, he, like, he really wasn't prepared for this. Uh, but the Bavarian public thought he was hot, so that gave him a lot of <laughs> points. Um, yeah, that usually helps. Yeah, they were just like, wow, he's so hot. It doesn't even matter that he doesn't know anything about politics. Hansel is so hot right now. uh, Just like, ugh, the sexiest name, Ludwig. Uh, 
<laughs> you could just like whisper it in the this night. This whole like hotness um, thing reminds me of that one Roman athlete that we talked about, where it was like, he's so hot and he's so good at everything. I'm gonna throw his statue into the ocean. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna throw stent, and then everyone. Everyone was just like, bad things are happening since we threw the statue of the ocean. We, we gotta, gotta fix we it. We gotta bring it back up. We gotta go back and get we back our sexy it. statue. We gotta break this curse. Our sexy statue. We gotta break this curse. We gotta reverse the curse. Uh, so he didn't, uh, obviously Ludwig didn't really care about ruling because he just like wasn't prepared. Um, he didn't really like talking to people. But like most kids, he did like art and music and Unlike most kids, he really liked architecture. Uh, he was considerate, considered eccentric, which made serving as the head of state a bit of a problem. He hated large crowds, avoided social events, and he just like wanted to be alone and be creative. Um, so, like, I so what get you're it. Telling me is he was autistic, but also. I, yeah, I'm telling you that he was probably somewhere on the spectrum, and also he was just, like, an art kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, like, that's not great if you're gonna be king of Bavaria. This is true. Yeah, like, not great. So, however, while he hated talking to the government, which was his whole job description, <laughs> he did like going to the countryside and talking to the farmers he met along the way. Uh, those who were kind to him, he gave lavish gifts to, and this is where he gets the nickname "Our Cherished King." So he has another. He has another nickname. This man has so many nicknames. I know he has so many. So obviously, as king, um, the greatest stresses weren't wars or like governing. No, it was producing an heir. Oh yeah, and gotta uh, Ludwig. Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, but. As you can guess, like, Ludwig wasn't, like, really into this. Uh, <laughs> Never would have guessed. Never would have guessed that Ludwig yeah, didn't want to fuck. What are the odds? Yeah, never would have guessed. He's like, ah, oh, God, dude, I just, like, want to listen to music and, like, think about architecture. Like, I can't think about the human body. <laughs> so Ludwig was engaged in 1867 to his cousin, and the greatest thing that they had to say about each other was that they both were, like, pretty hyped for this one particular composer. They were like, oh my god, they were, like, fangirl about him together. They are like, oh, his, his beats are so fresh. <laughs> so, <You guys laughs> which is exactly what you say about... Dropped? Yeah, dude. <laughs> it, was, it was hot. Um, he's like... I'm, Dude, I've been in the salon all day having having my one pianist play it for me. So uh, Ludwig repeatedly that he repeatedly postponed the wedding date and finally canceled the engagement. His fiance ended up marrying like another prince, and Ludwig did attend the reception, which was a little weird. <laughs> I guess, um, and he like that's cool. <laughs> I'm glad you left on good terms, but He's that's like, fucking weird, bro. Well, it'd be weird if they didn't, right? I mean, it, it was his his cousin, so he still had to, like, see her. <laughs> uh, that's really the problem with royal her. incest, is not that it's royal incest. That's... It's that you gotta go to your cousin's wedding after you are supposed to be the one marrying your cousin. Break... 
after you break up with her, <laughs> after you call off your own wedding. But, like, they must have saved so much money on invitations. Oh, my God. Like, you're just, like, inviting all the same people. It's, like, your grandpa is my grandpa. Like, I guess. It's fine. Also, our grandpa's dead because it's 1845. <laughs> and, like, grandpa's dead. Our grandpa died at 45. <laughs> Yeah, our grandpa, yeah, so it's fine. Um, so Ludwig never did marry or have any mistresses, but his diary and private letters do speak to the fact that he was probably gay, which he struggled to suppress because of, like, the church, obviously. Fuck the church, okay. Uh, I know, dude, they ruin everything, especially in Bavaria. So, in 1871, Ludwig was pretty over the responsibilities of being king. Not that he was ever, like, on board with the responsibilities, but, like, he was really over it by this time. Yeah. Um, he was like, God, I've been so absent. Like, it's exhausting being this absent from my job. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's exhausting uh, not doing my so work. He, it's so exhausting finding other things to do that aren't my work. <laughs> it's like when you go into your work and you're just like, how long can I stay on Facebook and how many BBC articles can I read before the day is over? <laughs> yeah. Um. So he, like, since he was over this, he devoted himself to creative projects, a.k.a building castles and giving money to composers like Richard Wagner, who wrote Tristan and is old. Um, He also really liked the theater, Uh, but he is mostly known for his castles, which is why he is given all of those swoony names. Um, It can be said that he did use some of his personal fortune to fund these projects, but he did also use welfare money su- to supplement it, Wh- which I'm I'm on the fence about because like while he's just he's building pretty castles that don't help the public, he did provide a lot of jobs to poor regions. Okay, so it's a bit of a double-edged yeah, sword, isn't it? Are, a bit. Yeah, we're yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the first of the castles is really well known, and it's what Disney based Beauty and the Beast on. And I cannot pronounce this name at all, but I think it might be the Neuschwanstein castle. Oh, yeah, Neuschwanstein. Thank you, guy who took German in in college. (laughs) Yeah, so. A guy who took German. So this castle is situated on an alpine crag and it's decorated with like um, these really beautiful carvings of like folklore and legends and operas. Uh, Then there was the Linderhof, which had beautiful gardens and electricity, which was really wild for the time. And it was based heavily on French influences like Versailles because Ludwig saw himself as the moon king to Louis XIV's, like, sun king. Um, oh. That's... Then we have... Oh. Yeah, what? That's something. <laughs> I I thought it was cool. Like, I think the way that this guy sees himself is, like, kind of interesting, right? Yeah. Like, he's the shadow lord. 
uh, of art. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck this one up too, guys. Uh, so then the third castle we have is Heron Chai Chime C. Yeah, I got nothing for you. You got any? Yeah. That... Oh my god. Steve will tell us. Oh no. Steve. Yeah. No. Yeah. Steve will tell us. Um, so this was actually a partial replica of Versailles. He really loved Versailles. Okay. Uh, but only the central part was built because then Ludwig died. Oh. Um, Poor Ludwig. Well, he died young. Yeah, you can only be depressed and artsy for so long. You know, before, fair enough. In, in the 1800s, before it, it just gets to you. Yeah. Uh, he had plans for other castles and a Chinese summer palace, but death gets in the way. Um, and those project projects like never got off the ground, which might be a good thing because even though he was mostly paying for these things out of his own pocket, it didn't protect Bavaria from financial fallout. Like oh. by 1885, he was 14 million marks in debt and had borrowed heavily from his family. Like why they kept giving him money, I don't really know. They probably just uh, wanted to keep him away. Like realistically, if you think about it, is it better for like him to be fucked off building a castle or <laughs> like in or, a like, palace in moping because he can't fuck off and build a castle? <laughs> Fair enough. Like, when you put it that way. Yeah. You're like, God, if I see Ludwig's sad sack face one more day because he's not off building another castle, I'm going to lose it. <sighs> Ludwig's depressed, so we're all depressed, and therefore, fuck yeah. this shit. How much money do you think it'll take to get him away from the palace? A million marks? Sure. Sure. Here you go. Sure. Uh, so rather than, so like he was 14 million marks in debt, even after like borrowing heavily from the state and his family, but rather than like cutting some stuff down when it came to building, his financial advisors did what any financial advisors would do. They gave him bad fucking advice and <laughs> said, keep on planning. Just Bigger keep... equals better. Yeah, just keep <laughs> fucking going for it. Yeah. So... He, they helped him find loans from all over Europe and his ministers, like his ministers that weren't financial advisors were like, yo, this is becoming a big problem. Like, what if we deposed him? And they proceeded to concoct a medical report saying that he was unfit to rule, which like, this is the 1800s. Just having a rebellion like adults. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> like, why? Just march into the castle and kill him. Okay, look, I hear what you're That's saying. That's what I'm saying. But also, I don't know how much Crusader Kings y'all have played, but when you can fabricate a claim, you fabricate a claim. Yeah, but like, I guess, but also, there aren't. There aren't too many more centuries left of just marching in, all right? They needed to make good on yeah. on that premise while they can. Yeah. Like, once the 1950s hit, you can't do that shit anymore. So, they didn't march in. They set up this medical report being like, he's unfit to rule. However, hours before the government was going to depose and arrest him, Ludwig was tipped off and pulled an Udo reverse card by arresting the commissioners that had made the medical report. He was like, haha, 
I got to you first. Fuck yeah. However, this didn't... Yeah, I know. Good for him. However, this didn't stop the government from eventually arresting Ludwig and putting him under house arrest, which did not last long because he and his doctor, I guess, went for a walk, which you're allowed to do when you're king and under house arrest. <laughs> um, I just like, care for a stroll? It's like, yeah, you're the king still. Don't leave the grounds. Um, so they went for a walk and... When they didn't return, people went out looking for them, and they were found in the shallow waters of a lake hours later, dead. Both of them? Okay. No one. Yeah, they were dead. And so no one had heard or seen anything unusual in the hours that they were gone, and it was deemed as a suicide, but there was no water in the king's lungs, and he was a really strong swimmer. Um, But his doctor showed signs of strangulation. And it is suggested that he may have been murdered trying to escape. That doesn't sound Um, like our good little kingly boy. I know. So there's like a lot of there's a lot of speculation about like what happened. And it's still a bit of a mystery about how Ludwig ended up dying. Yeah. And, you know. In a turn of events, the castles that had started to bankrupt Bavaria have become profitable tourist attractions to the state because they were given to the Bavarian state and have paid for themselves many times over in the years since they were opened up. Of course. So, Everyone so he actually knew what he was doing. Yeah. Every, every, every sad sack king... Gets famous after or they sad, die. Or sad artist looking at you, Van Gogh. Uh, sad. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Look, don't, I'm sorry, don't. but what do you his mean, work hey, didn't become true. popular until he died. No, you're right. It's so like, true. Don't shit on Van Gogh. I'm not shitting on him. I'm just saying, like, we're not shitting. He was a sad, sad shitting. artist that didn't him. get popular. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. He was sad. He sack. was a depressed boy. Big sad sack. He was a very depressed boy. But man, he made great sunflowers, didn't he? <laughs> he sure he did. He made some great fucking sunflowers. He sure did. But anyway, that was my story about Ludwig II. I, I love think it. that was a great story. I hate that it ended Thank in you. mystery, but I, I thought have, it was a great story. I, I <laughs> What I really love about it ending in mystery is Megan said like, we still don't know, as if there's, like, a murder investigation ongoing from all that time ago. <laughs> She's like, we still, yeah. we're still not sure. And it's like, and we never we're will be. We're still not sure. <laughs> well, you know, it's like that, it's like that show. Do you remember Cold Case? Yeah, Cold Case. Yep. I wish there was Cold Case, but for, like, super ancient. Dumb, ancient. Historical murder- Cold yeah, Case. Dumb, ancient murders. Like, can you imagine interviewing people for that? It's just like, so where were you on the night of Ludwig II's murder? It's like, fucking not born. Like, <laughs> I wasn't here! <laughs> I wasn't on this plane of existence, so move along. Ugh. Oh, that'd be so funny. I love it. But I'm actually going to cut Matt off before I can even cut Matt off. Oh, Because no! that's the kind oh, of damn. energy I'm having tonight. Uh Thank you all for listening to our wonderful podcast. Well, we think it's wonderful. Fuck you. That's our opinion. Um, (laughs) I'm going in with some energy tonight. Um, But yes, thank you all for listening. He's coming Um, in so hot. Coming in hot. But thank you. Uh, We do appreciate it. 
And if you really want to help us out, you can give us a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. It helps us move up the charts, and it's an easy way for you to give us three seconds of your time to make us look a whole lot better. You can also follow us on our socials. Uh, if you find us on Facebook at The Triumvirate Productions, or if you find us on Instagram at The underscore Triumvirate underscore Productions. You can also join our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Productions, where you'll be able to support us on a $3, a $5, or a $10 level. And if you cannot support us monetarily, or if you have already given us a rating and review, the best thing you could do if you have the time and you just want to be cool is to tell a friend. We don't advertise this podcast in any way other than asking you to help us out. So if you feel like helping us out, we'd really appreciate it. And with that, I'm going to no longer cut people off tonight. That's it. I'm done. Good night. <laughs> All right, guys. Now it's my turn of the podcast to where I cut everybody off and I end the podcast with a question that I ask every week at the end of the podcast that I've been doing since the beginning of this podcast. And that question is, say it with me at home. We'll count it down. Five, four, three. Two. What the fuck, history? I know you're mad at me because I didn't. I didn't say one and then say it. But what the fuck, history? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.